What a beautiful morning we've had already celebrating our Savior's birth. And I just want to take a minute to admire the beautiful lighting and different things in the church that have been done. And I want to tell you that um, since Jesus set the example for us and he fed the crowd before he sent them home, we'll try and be brief so we can follow his lead this morning. In 1965, the Peanuts comic strip featured Snoopy sitting on his rooftop of his doghouse, and he was typing his novel on his typewriter, and he began, it was a dark and stormy night, and then the resident expert, Lucy, walks by and she jerks the paper out of the typewriter and she reads it and offers her unsolicited opinion. And she said, that's a terrible way to start a story, Snoopy. It's so trite. All good stories start with once upon a time. And your story won't be any good if you don't start it like that. So Snoopy sighs and he inserts a new page into the typewriter and he starts over. Once upon a time, it was a dark and stormy night. That's the climate that we find that Israel was in. A weary world, as Audrey just sang, was rejoicing after the birth of Christ. But at the time, it was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah in the ninth chapter, uh, in the sixth verse, and it was indeed a stormy night. For they were under the rule of the worst king of all, uh, in the history of all the kings in Israel. And this was King Ahaz, A-H-A-Z. He was David's son, and he was young, and powerfully evil and wicked. And he, <coughs> excuse me, was one of the worst, as I said, to have ever sat on the throne of Israel. Before Ahaz came to power, Baal worship had been eliminated in all 10 tribes in Judah. But the king, at least you could say he practiced what he preached. For in 2 Kings chapter 16 and verse 3, we can read that Ahaz sacrificed his own son to Baal. <clears throat> and he practiced and implemented every ungodly act of sin that could be imagined. And he imposed the same upon the people. Then in Isaiah chapter 7 and 8, Isaiah prophesied of the unholy alliances and the invasion of Judah that would be wrought by Israel of all countries because they went into alliance, this unholy alliance with the country of Syria. And then he foretold of the coming invasion of Israel by Assyria coming down from the north. And both of these invasions proved to be catastrophic. And so it was in the midst of all of this shaking 
and the utter contempt for anything holy that was being implemented by King Ahaz that the Lord sent hope. For in chapter 7, verse 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord said, Therefore, the therefore referring to this turmoil, notwithstanding this turmoil, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And now reading our text in chapter 9 of Isaiah, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and the name shall be, his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And verse 7, and of the increase of his government and peace, his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it unto us. This was spoken of by a nation and by a people individuals would be given a son, a male child, born of flesh as any other baby would be born, except that this son was divinity being born into humanity. Isaiah prophesied about the sign, the miracle of the very birth itself. This baby was the Messiah, the one that was sent to save us. And he would have many names and many titles. God could have sent another prophet or an angel or even a perfect man like Adam was before he fell. But none of these would have been qualified to be both Savior, the one who could give his life for the atonement of sin, and be a high priest the one standing before God, pleading our case. No, the promise could only be fulfilled by one, only Jesus Christ. Part of this prophecy will be completely fulfilled in the millennial reign of Christ when Jesus himself sits upon the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem. For the Bible says, that, that then he will rule and reign all the governments and all the nations. You say, well, what about here and now? Isn't God in control of things right now? Yes, and here is how we surely know that he is in control now. You remember I said that he came to both a nation and a people. A nation of a, with ha, that has a government and people who have hearts and spirits. 
And when we have personally accepted this great gift of love that was given to us, and we have surrendered our hearts and given the direction of our own lives over to him, then he surely sits in government of the, the affairs of our heart. And this is how it is for everybody, no exceptions, even those who have rule over us as Ahaz had over the Israelites. If we see that they are doing good for the people, then we know that God is leading them in their governing. But if they have evil in their hearts and they're motivated by greed for power and money and they exact pain and hurt on the people, then we know that they are not righteous rulers. Proverbs 29:16 tells us when evil people are in power, crime increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. And verse 18, a nation without God's guidance is a nation without order, and happy are those who keep God's laws. So we have a responsibility in this prophecy, and what is that? It is to pray. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to pour out, to saturate us, yes, and all those who rule over us, to saturate us and them with the provision that this child brought. This eternal son who was given brought every provision we needed. We pray, O oh God, bestow on us the benefit of the wonderful counselor. Isaiah 28, 29 says, he's wonderful in counsel. Astonishing and extremely good is what that word wonderful means. We pray, protect us, Lord, by the mighty God, I looked up what the mighty God meant there, and it is translated El Gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R, and it means he who reigns in strength and power and is a hero warrior. Think of that, the mighty God. He lacks nothing in strength and power. And we pray, give us the promises of, our, of the everlasting Father who made and maintains the universes of this world and he has made us to live together with him eternally. And we pray because of the Prince of Peace, Luke 2.14, the angel declared at the birth of Jesus, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. This was God's intent for sending the baby to us. Peace on earth. And we pray, oh God, arrest the hearts of men and women that each one may know your love and experience this godly rule peacefully according to the government that you hold on your shoulders. For of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment from that time forward and forever. And the last verse of that, or the last part of that verse says, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It might sound too good to be true, but it will be done. For the mighty God, the one who lacks nothing in strength and power, the Lord of all the heavenly armies has promised to keep this word. And one day there will be divine offices of his government, which will be imposed upon the nations of our world, whether they want it or not. But for now, these offices are real and available at the individual level. For those who have received Jesus as Savior and submitted the will of their life to his lordship in their hearts, he will rule in peace in our hearts. For unto us a child is born. Will you stand with me this morning? Father, we just thank you that you carry the governments upon your shoulder. Oh God, yours is the highest kingdom. There is none other that can touch your authority for it supersedes all other nations, kingdoms, and rulers. Other kingdoms will rise and fall, but yours will endure for eternity, Lord. Oh, we thank you. And today, Lord, we have celebrated your birth. We continue to celebrate your birth, Lord, because none other was qualified. None other could have been the Christ child sent to us. And Father, I do ask that you search hearts today. And if there is one that does not know you, I pray, oh God, that the Holy Spirit will call, call their name, and that they would hear the call with the spirit in their heart, oh God, and turn their ways to you and allow you to sit upon the throne of their heart. And Lord, I humbly ask now for your divine blessing on the remainder of this day upon the food that we will eat, bless it to the nourishment of our bodies, upon the fun that we will have, Lord. Let everybody love the gifts that they get, oh God, because we acknowledge you among us. We celebrate your birth today, Lord, and we ask all of these things in the name of that wonderful, peaceful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord.